Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. So here on Sunday mornings, over the past couple of months, we've been on a series called Follow the Leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it's been a week or two or two weeks or whatever since I've been with you here on Sundays ministering. And um, so I'm going to just jump back in to where we left off, right? But I am so thankful for the Holy Ghost. Are you? I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we desire revelation. That's good to desire revelation. It's good to desire, you know, truths from the Word of God and different topics and be hungry for, for, for certain things. But let me tell you something. If you get a revelation and if you get an understanding and if you get the word into your heart concerning following the leading of the Holy Ghost, it unlocks everything else in the kingdom. It unlocks everything else. You need healing in your body, it'll unlock that. If you need breakthrough, it'll unlock that. If you want to fulfill the plan and the destiny that God placed in your life, you're definitely going to need it. Oh, I want to hear all the teaching I can hear, I can find on, you know, fulfilling the plan, fulfilling the destiny. I want to hear all the teaching I can hear on healing. I want to hear all the teaching I can hear on the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and all of these other things. And they're all amazing and we should be listening to all these things and hungering for these things. But I'm telling you, this truth, this teaching, this concept of following the leading of the Holy Ghost, it unlocks everything else. Because you need to be able to hear from the Lord. His direction won't always be the same as, what you, as how you've seen him direct somebody else. Or even how he's directed you in the past. You need to be able to hear his voice and follow his leading. Amen? So this is why we've given so much time. Like A lot of these truths, a lot of what I'm covering is foundational. And it's very informative. So I'm trying to to present it to you. I'm trying to give it to you the way the Holy Ghost is revealing it to me, to make it personal to you, right? To, for you to grab a hold on. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing. I don't care if you've heard this a hundred times. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? And you look around the church, not just this church particularly, I'm not speaking of that, but you look around the, the church body, you look around, you know, the Lord's church here on this earth, and you can see so clearly that people don't know how to follow his leading. A lot of the times, not everyone, but you know, a huge percentage of people don't know how to follow his leading. And then they get confused. They become stuck or they, be, get, they go down the wrong road. And then it's the blame game. Then it's, God, why did you lead me here? Right? So we need to be able to hear from him so we can keep, you know, we're in a race. You know, we're, we're heading towards that finish line. It's not a jog. It's not a slow pace. We should be picking up our pace. We should be going full steam ahead. Do you know what? He gives us our, our endurance. He gives us our, the, the strength that we need to keep going, right? But we, we don't have time for detours. We don't have time to be getting off track. It's a, it's losing, it's a waste of our time, and our time is valuable, amen, because we've got things to do. Have you got things to do? Amen. I've got things to do, and I don't want to miss a step, Right? So this is how we, we've kind of, this is how I've kind of really wanted to pour ourselves into this, amen? And, and this is the, the heart of where I'm coming from. So as followers of Christ, we need to learn to follow his leading. You know, 
when Jesus came, Jesus came and he was on this earth and he was with his disciples, he was with the multitudes, he was with the people every single day and people were like, I wish, I wish I had Jesus with us. I wish I had Jesus with us just like the disciples did. You know, Jesus said we've something better in the Holy Spirit. He said it was to our advantage that we have the Holy Ghost. It's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't, the Holy Ghost can come, right? So he gave us the Holy Ghost. You know, Jesus, you know, we know the verse, Jesus said, peace, I leave you, my peace I give to you. But Jesus wasn't saying, peace out, I'm away. He said, my peace I give you. What was he even talking about? He was talking about who he's going to be sending here, the Holy Ghost, right? Jesus wasn't like, see you later. There's your redemption. There's your salvation. There's the way. There's everything that you need. Bye, I'm out of here. No, Jesus said, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit and he will lead you into all truth. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad. It's our the Holy Spirit, our helper, parakletos. And we looked at that word, right? God made a way so that he could come and dwell on the inside of every believer. Why? Because he loves you. He wants relationship with you. He desires to, to talk to you and be with you every single day. He wants you to fulfill the call and the destiny that he's placed upon your life. Every one of us, has a destiny to fulfill. You know, the call of God, we talk about it, you know, we use that terminology. The call of God is generic. We're all called to preach the gospel. That may look differently, depending on the person, but we're all called to preach the gospel and fulfill the Great Commission. But you have a specific destiny and a purpose that God has placed upon your life. You say, well, can you tell me what that is? No. He may reveal things to me sometimes, you know, bits and pieces, even about other people to try and help guide them and steer them along the right way. But he's not telling me what your purpose and destiny is. He wants to tell you. But you won't know unless you know how to follow his leading and hear from him. Amen? So you all have a call and a destiny. We know from his word that God leads. But the thing is, we need to learn to follow. Just as much as he leads, we need to learn to follow. Right? Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It's not hard, church. Let me tell you, it's not beyond you. It's not complicated. The Bible says for those who are the sons of God, they can be led. Who's a son? Who's a daughter? Amen. You can be led. You can be led by the Spirit of God. This is one of our launching off scriptures. The Holy Spirit is our inward compass. What does a compass do? It directs us, shows us the way, tells us where to go. You have an inner compass, the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be confused. You don't have to be wondering what the next move is. Yes, you, he'll, he won't reveal it all to you at once. I'll get to that in a, wee, in a wee minute here, but he wants you to be in faith. But God will never expect you to do something that... God won't expect you to do something that you can't be in faith for. Okay, you, you're going to need to be in faith to make the step. You're going to need to be in faith to make that. Even though you might not know the full picture, he wants you to be in faith and he wants you to be able to follow him, to trust him. Again, the trust comes back to relationship, comes back to intimacy. When you learn to follow him, it can mean the difference between life and death. Just like I said about how getting this truth is so important. There's so many good topics and different things that we can learn and grow in. But I'm telling you, when you don't know how to follow his leading, it can lead you to death and destruction. 
right? You need to be able to follow his leading. So we're a couple of weeks in now, right? More than a couple of weeks. We've looked at the difference between spirit, soul, and body. We've focused on the importance of being spirit conscious, and that is so key in everything. Spirit conscious. If you're not, you won't be able to be led. The Lord leads us by his spirit in our spirit. And, and, and another launching off scripture was Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. The spirit is where the light will be. Your born again, recreated, perfected spirit is where God will lead you. That is where the light is. We need to develop our spirit man as this is where he guides us, leads us, and shows us things to come. Amen. If you're more focused on the natural or the intellectual realm, you could miss the leading. You want to train your brain. You know, there's universities and colleges and everything, wonderful facilities all around this world that are catered to furthering your intelligence. And I'm all for education. I'm all for those things, praise God. But let me tell you, that's something more important, furthering your spirit. Amen. Focusing on your spirit, man. That's the key to life. That's the key. Your, you, your intelligence will only take you so far. Some may take them further than others. But it will only take you so far. Right? Don't focus everything on the intellectual. Don't focus everything on to the physical and the natural and what you can see. Develop your spirit. That's where the light of God is. Amen? We looked at some of the, of the different ways the Lord leads. He leads us by his word, right? We know that his word and his spirit always agree. This is where we left off the last time, a couple of weeks ago. The word and the spirit, they always agree. He leads us by his word. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The entrance of his word brings light. He leads us by his word. I'm getting ahead of myself here, giving you my scriptures. When you use the word of God as your parameter or boundary, you're going to be in a good place. Use it as your boundary. Use it as your parameter. Never step outside the word. Never get airy-fairy and way off in the ditch. Stick within the parameter of the word of God and you won't go wrong. You'll be in a good place. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that will contradict the written word of God. You have people come sometimes and say, God told me to do this and it's a clear contradiction to what it teaches us in the word. Oh, I know what the word says, but the Holy Spirit told me to do this. No, he didn't. No, he did not. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that contradicts the written word of God because they always agree. Amen? The Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is the living word. This is, a, this is an expression of, of who... He is the word. The word became flesh. There's not going to be contradictions here, there, and everywhere. Right? They'll always agree. They'll always complement one another. And this is what we were looking at the last time. There's many voices... You can hear my voice now, right? You can hear the voice of your neighbor giving you an opinion, your friend giving you what they think is best, your parents, your husband, your wife. There's loads of voices that you can hear. Voice of the enemy, voice of the world. There's loads of voices that you can hear. The voice of God is what you need to be able to discern. The voice of the Holy Ghost. We need to be able to distinguish that when he speaks. Always test what you hear with the word of God. Why? Because there's many voices. And a lot of them are going to contradict what this says. Test what you hear with the word. If it agrees with the word, it's Holy Spirit. Amen? 
The word is safe and it's a secure guide. With regards to specific guidance, and we looked at this too, or direction about a particular or specific situation or circumstance, the Lord can lead us by the Holy Ghost through the inward witness and inward voice, the voice of the Holy Ghost. You know, he, he, he leads us in specific guidance by the inner witness, pre predominantly by the inward witness. And we went through each one of those and we looked, give examples in the word of God at each one right? The specifics that we may not find in the written word, we'll find by his guidance in our inner man. Learn to wait on that voice. It will require patience. It requires patience. God will always give you time to know his will. It's not good news. God gives you time to know his will, and he'll also give you the time to confirm his will. Faith doesn't get in a hurry, right? If you feel pressured to make a decision, when you don't have a peace, that's not God. Amen? He'll give you time to know his will and he'll give you time to confirm his will. Now, sometimes he'll, he'll want you to make quick decisions, but you'll have a peace. You'll have a peace, right? And he deals with everybody differently, right? And I'm going to get to some of that, right? Learn to wait on his voice. God will always give you the time to know his will and he'll give you the time to confirm it. When you sense the peace, you'll know the answer and your answer will never contradict his word, right? So I want to continue with that today on the ways that the Lord does lead. Now, I will cover just as Pastor Ryan and different ones, you know, teach us this regularly, like we'll cover um, ways that the Lord does lead, the ways that he sometimes leads and the ways that he never leads, because it's good to know, to avoid what you need to avoid, right? But up until this point, this is what I've covered. And I want to talk about continuing being more specific about the ways that he does lead. And we'll get to that, those other things in a little bit. But there's ways that he will lead us, and they're not the same, and we need to know them, right? And we've covered some of them, right? Like I've just mentioned. So his leading will always be from your spirit, remember. We need to be familiar with how he does lead us so that we can work on becoming sensitive, right? We need to have our spiritual ears open to receive from him, right? We need to be sensitive. We need to be spirit conscious, and that's how we're able to hear, right? This is, this is the part of you that is born again and perfected, your spiritual ears, your in, the ears of your spirit. You can trust what comes from your spirit. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 20. You know, Proverbs is a, the book of wisdom. It's so full of wisdom. Wonderful book. And you know, we were here in this chapter a couple of weeks ago, like I said, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. But there's another verse here in Proverbs chapter 20, right? And in verse five, it says, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. Do you know, it's good to seek counsel, but you need to make sure you're seeking it from the right place right? Counsel is, is in, counsel in the heart of man. So you have counsel in your, in your heart. What's this referring to? Your spirit man, right? There's counsel in the heart, in your heart, and that's from the Holy Ghost, right? When we learn to follow the guidance or counsel from deep inside our hearts, you'll avoid disappointment. You'll avoid disaster. You'll avoid the things you need to avoid, right? Destructive things that, that, come, that can come into your life. But you need to learn to follow the guidance and the counsel from deep inside the heart. Deep cries to deep. 
This proverb teaches us that we receive counsel from deep inside the heart or the spirit of a man. And notice how it gives us the example of deep water. Right? Deep water. You know, did you ever notice, you know, the surface of water can become contaminated easily? The surface can become very polluted. Even when you see like the likes of an oil spill or different grease things, like they all lie on the top of the water and you can see that it's contaminated, it's polluted, it's yucky. It's, you know, even like if there's rubbish or different things like that, it all tends to just sit and float and bob around the surface. You know, if you're pulling from the surface of things, a lot of the times you're taking in contaminated things. The surface is a quick fix. The surface is a quick, oh, I need a quick answer. Grab something from the surface. I don't want to dig. I don't want to seek. I just want something quick. The surface will do. Gulp. And then it leads you in a, in a, in a wrong way, right? The deeper water, as you go deeper and deeper and deeper, it's more pure. It's more uncontaminated. The things that are around the surface, they can't reach deep down, right? The deeper you go, the fresher it is, the cleaner it is. What is, what is in your spirit, church? It's pure. You know, your spirit's deep within you. It's pure. A lot of the things you see around the surface and the things that we choose to do and participate in, it can, it can bring contamination, but it's all shallow, it's all in the, in the mind and in the physical body. We can, we can have that pollution and the effects of it can be seen. But in your spirit, when you're born again, when your spirit, the deep part of you, it's uncontaminated. It's, the Bible talks about it being sealed, right? The Holy Spirit sealed it, right? So when you deep, reach deep down in there and pull the counsel from there, it's pure. It's trustworthy, Right? But this is what I wanted to pull out here. The proverb also teaches us what? That we've a part to play. The man of understanding will do what? Draw it out. The man of understanding doesn't just sit there and wait for all the answers, wait for things to be thrown in the lap, wait, for, wait to be spoon-fed. No, the man of understanding digs. The man of understanding seeks. The man of understanding gets that bucket, draws it deep down into that well, and pulls up the counsel. A man of understanding digs. Do you even desire to know what God thinks about your situation? Do you, are you actively seeking his heart on the matter? You think of something that you think of. Some, I'm sure every single one of us here, I can, in the, in the drop of a hat, think of something that, right, God, I need counsel with, or I need some sort of direction with, or I'm believing you for this, believing you for that. And we're dependent on the Holy Ghost. Every single one of you will be able to think of something. But can you sit there now and say, I'm actively seeking. Every single day, I'm asking you, Lord, help me with this. I'm actively seeking you, not just, Lord, I need your help, and then you forget about it and go about your way trying to figure it out on your own. And you say one thing, and, but you're, yet you're living another. Man of understanding digs deep. He actively seeks it out. The Bible tells us he draws out the counsel that is in his heart. A wise man, a wise woman, goes deep inside the spirit to draw out God's direction. They draw out God's direction. Practically, this means we ensure we have positioned ourselves to hear. You say, well, how do I do that? Position yourself to hear. Position yourself where you're able to draw from him. 
which means you're not clouded with other things, you're not thinking, your mind's not full of other ways, and, and, and you're not over here distracted doing other things. No, you've given your heart to him and you're ready to hear from him. You've positioned yourself to hear. But before you do that, you need to recognize that you need God's direction. We may have our own dreams, our own ideas, but the man of understanding will ensure that his dreams, his desires, they line up with God's dreams. They line up with God's desires. Don't just look for the quick answer or solution near the, near the surface, where many others will have their opinion. Oh, I'll just go ask such and such. They'll, they'll know. And yes, God puts people around you, of course, that can help guide you and lead you, right? But the sons of God, they're led by the Spirit of God. They're not led by people's opinions. They're not led by other people's wisdom. They're led by the Spirit of God. Do I still have you? This can cause us more problems in the long run, church, if, we pull in, if we're pulling from the polluted surface, from the contaminated surface. The pure and perfect counsel of God is found in the Spirit, but we need to make the decision to draw it out, right? Again, this comes back to ensuring your spirit conscious. In order to draw from your spirit, you need to know what is in your spirit. You need to know the condition of your spirit to be able to draw from it. You need to know the difference between spirit and soul. What is the difference between spirit and soul? Hebrews chapter 4 tells us it's the word of God divides them. You start applying, you need direction in your life, go to the word of God. It'll, it's like a knife. It'll start cutting things away. It'll cut away. You, your, your, if you can hear different opinions, if you can hear different leadings, say, or you're sensing different leadings and you're not sure what to do, you can't really find that piece or settle on that piece, get to the Word of God. You say, well, the Word of God is my general guidance. I need specific guidance. Yes, but I'm telling you, the Word of God cuts away. It divides soul and spirit. It'll start to cut away what is not from God. That you're, the thing that you're experiencing or sensing, it will start to reveal it and then you will know the direction of your spirit. The word of God is full of wisdom and it brings spiritual insight. The more you're in the word, the more you're connected to your spirit. It's the same as prayer. And I lightly covered that a few weeks ago. It didn't go into too much detail. But you want to become more spirit conscious, start praying in the spirit. Your spirit becomes active. You, then you're, the counsel that's in there, it starts coming up. The, you praying is you actively seeking. You get into the Word of God, that's you actively seeking. That's you getting that bucket and putting it deep down inside that well. That's what going to the Word of God is. That's what praying in the Spirit and praying to God is and seeking. You're actively seeking His heart on the matter. That is you doing something about it. The more you're in the Word, the more you're in prayer, the more connected you will be to your spirit. So it may not, the Word of God may not have specific instructions, so to speak, like, I need to pick between this job and that job. I need to pick between, you know, this, do I, moved as, do I move here, do I move there? Lord, you're calling me into the mission field. I know you're calling me into the mission field, but a door has opened for this continent. The door, another door is open in this continent, on this continent. Lord, which is you? Which is you? And you say, well, I'm not going to open up the Bible and find that. But what you will find is the word is a supernatural tool that enlightens us to what God's already put in your heart. The word is a supernatural tool that enlightens you to what God's already put in your heart. Do you know that God, when he called you to the mission field, so to speak, he, he's already put in there where he's called you to. You just need to draw it out. The word of God helps do that. It's a supernatural tool. It's difficult to try and explain it. it just, it's not going to have the answer there in front of you in the page, but 
it'll, it'll, the answer, it will draw the answer up that's already on the inside of you because it's supernatural. The Word and the Spirit, they work together. They complement each other. They agree. The inward witness, like I said, is the primary, it's the most um, common way alongside the Word in uh, the, the way the Lord leads us, right? The Holy Spirit bears witness with our born-again Spirit, giving us direction and guidance. And when you tap into your Spirit to follow the inward witness, again, it's helpful to feed on the Word. So I'm just trying to tie all this together to show you the importance of the Word and the Spirit together. Your spirit becomes more alert as you're feeding on the Word. They click together. And when I'm saying you're in the Word, I'm not talking about casually in it. You're reading, oh, yes. And, and I'm not being critical of these things, but I'm just saying I'm, these things, some of these things are good. But it's like, yes, I have a devotional and I read my verse every single day. You know, I'm, I'm just casually reading things. You know, yes, it's not always about quantity, right? It is about quality, but I'm telling you, you have to be actively seeking it. You have to be hungering after the things of God. I have devotionals, and please don't say, please don't say, oh, Jason's against devotionals. I'm not against them, right? But I'm saying a lot of, the, a lot of that stuff, it, is, it, it, it introduces you to a surface level of things. You need to dig. You need to seek. That is what means, that's what I mean by being in the Word of God. I don't just mean casually reading over it now and again or, or like looking at it, glancing at it each morning, but actually feeding, digging, meditating. God's direction will begin to flow up from your spirit because you're better able to discern what's from Him and what's from your soul or what's from other people. You're better able to discern when you're in the Word, when you're feeding on the Word, feeding on the meat, not just sucking on the milk. There should be a progression. There should be a maturity, right? You know, meat has, a lot of meat, it has bones. You take a chunk of meat, you're going to have to spit out the bones. But the more meat of the Word of God that you have, the more you're able to take meat and then spit out the bone because you know that's not good for me. That's not good for me, right? It will always complement what's coming from your spirit. Psalm 119, 130, I mentioned that a moment ago. The unfolding or the entrance of God's word, it gives light, which is revelation knowledge. It gives understanding to the simple. I'm glad. I'm glad it gives understanding to the simple. I read that first. I said, yes, Lord, I'm a simple man. You give me understanding through your word. I don't claim to be great. I don't claim to... <laughs> be overly intellectual. I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not focused on those things. Why? Because it hinders you from focusing on the Spirit. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. It's not about how great you are. It's not about how much you know. It's about what you're doing with, with what he's given you. Amen. This goes along with, so verse 130 in Psalm 119 goes along with 105, which is God's word is a lamp to your feet, and a, it's, a, or it's a light to your feet, and it's a lamp to your path. Lamp to your feet and a light to your path, right? When you walk in the light of the world, your light in the word, the light will follow you, right? So this is your word. When you're in the word, this is your light. Now, if this room is in darkness, and I'm holding my light here, will way off in the distance still be in darkness. Yes. Right? Because the light is here. It brings me light. I won't always know what's way up ahead, but I'll know my next step. I'll know my next step. But what happens as I'm walking? The light's coming with me. The light's coming with me. 
So when I get over here, which is dark now, but when I get over there, by being in the Word, the light will be with me. So as you step, the light is going with you. As you step, the light is going with you. The path will illuminate as you walk. The entire path won't be lit, but the more you step in faith, the more you're going to know. The more you're going to know. God won't give you the entire picture. Why? Because he wants you to be in faith. He wants you to be in faith. When it comes to following the leading of the Holy Ghost, like I said, we have a destiny from God to fulfill. But if we don't take the first step, we won't get anywhere. You say, you say I have a destiny. Praise God that you have a destiny. I know you have a destiny. What are you doing about it? Oh, I'm not doing anything because God hasn't, God hasn't told me. I'm, I'm, he's told me, you know, bits and pieces here or there, but, you know, I, I kind of just need to bit, know a bit more before I go and do something with it. I'm telling you, you'll never do anything until you take a step. Right? And he'll always tell you what the next step is. He's not going to get you to step without even knowing. He'll give you an instruction. He may not give you the next one, but he'll give you enough to step. As you step, the light moves. The light moves. Stop waiting to see, oh, there's darkness on that road. I, I, can't, see up, I can't see up ahead of me, therefore I better not go because how will I know my way? You better learn to trust God. You better learn to lean on him. The light that illuminates our path is in our spirit and it comes from the word. These are where the light, this is where the light comes from. We need to draw them out. The more familiar, the more, the, we, we become more familiar with this when we become students of the word. We can be, become more familiar with the compass that God's placed on the inside of us. The word gives us instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 tells us that. Tells us all what the word of God's profitable for. One of them is instruction in righteousness. You know, you want to know how to follow your moral compass? Get in the word of God. He'll tell you how to lead your life morally. People think you need to have a divine vision, dream, or supernatural sign to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. However, sometimes it's just about doing what is right. People think, oh, following the leading of the Holy Ghost, I love that series. Yes, it teaches me how to have godly dreams, godly visions, you know, angel encounters and all of this. They're all wonderful, praise God, but they're more rare. They're more rare. You're waiting from this big audible voice to break out from heaven. Very rare. Right? God leads us. God will lead you by doing what is morally right. How will you know what's morally right? You'll be in the word. Don't, don't be just waiting, waiting around for the next dream. Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. That's you following the Lord's leading. Stop looking for the sensational and do what you know is right. Do what you know is right. Be a person of honor. Be a person of integrity. God is trusting you to do the right thing. He doesn't need to speak to you by the inward voice to tell you to do what is honest. Well, I think you should really do that. Well, God didn't tell me to do that, but that's, you know, if that's the honest thing to do, Maybe that's God leading you to do what is honest, to do what's noble. 
You should already know what to do. Following his leading is walking in righteousness. Another way that he will lead you is by walking in righteousness. Walking in what is morally right. Proverbs 11, turn with me there really quickly. Proverbs 11 and verse 3, it says, The integrity, say integrity, of the upright. Who's the upright? Me. I'm righteous. I'm the upright. God sees me as upright. The integrity of the upright will do what? Guide them. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. The word tells us that those who are upright or righteous can be led by what is right. For example, if you're walking down the street and you come across a wallet, a purse, or a significant sum of money, right? You pick it up, it has full of big, thick, crispy notes, as my dad used to call them. You know when we go for him for money, he used to give you the wrinkly notes or the notes that had rips in it first. And he hated handing over the crispy notes, as he called them, the ones that were just come off, came from the bank. <laughs> but <laughs> this wallet is full of these big, big, thick, crispy notes. But it also has the identification of who this wallet own, it belongs to. You don't need to wait for the inward witness, an inward voice, or a supernatural sign from God to know what you should do. Oh, but... I was praying on Monday, you know, that for God to help me financially. And you know what? The word says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Do you know what else the word says? Don't steal. God won't rob somebody else to bless you. Oh, this is a sign from God. I need this money. No, the person who needs it probably, who owns it probably needs it. I'm telling you, church, he leads us by doing the right thing. Many times we're like, oh, but God didn't speak to me to leave that wallet back. You're not listening. <laughs> he leads us by what is right. He leads us by integrity. He leads us by, remember I spoke about the inward voice a couple of weeks ago, how that's the voice of your conscience and how you can trust your conscience. Why? Because you're born again. You know, your conscience can be trusted. So as a born again believer, I should hope that you're tuned into what your conscience is telling you to do. He leads us by righteousness. You may laugh some of this off and think, oh, that's extreme, but I'm telling you, you would be surprised how some people think. God shouldn't need to speak to you to go and hand that wallet in. You should already know his leading by doing what is right. The Holy Ghost will always agree with what is righteous and honest. If the Lord can't trust you to follow him in doing what is, what is right every day, how can he trust you to follow another leading? If he can't even trust you to do what is right or to do the next right thing, how do you think he can trust you? How do you think he's able to trust you with anything else? He can't. If you want to fulfill your God-given destiny and finish your course, you need to walk in righteousness. You follow, you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit when you're doing what is right. He'll never lead you to do something that's unrighteous. And again, that complements what I've been teaching about. It'll agree with the word. The word instructs us, instructs us in what? Righteousness, not unrighteousness. Now, it may tell us what unrighteousness it is and what it looks like, but it instructs us, it grows us in righteousness. 
The Holy Ghost will never lead you to do something unrighteous because it will always agree with the word. If you form, it will never get you, it will never cause you either. He will never cause you to disregard your convictions. Again, you have, you build, a, you, when you're in the word, you'll build a strong conviction about what is right. The Holy Ghost won't, will never tell you to break those convictions or to go against them. Another way that we can follow the leading and another way that he leads us is by applying wisdom. Wisdom. The Word of God is a great place to start. Again, once again, let's look at these verses. I'm just going to read them out for time's sake. You can write them down if you wish. But Psalm 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Psalm 119, 98, You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 15. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. This is Paul admonishing his spiritual son, coaching his spiritual son to do what he, he, knew to, what he always knew to do from the beginning. Timothy was raised with the word of God, raised by his parents in the word of God. And Paul was saying, stick with that. Stick with that. Continue in the things which you have learned and been, been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And I mean, there's loads more, loads more. But as we can see, the Word of God, it brings what? It brings wisdom. Walking in wisdom, you know, is staying within the laws that God has put there to keep us safe. That's wisdom obeying natural laws, obeying the laws of the land. That's wisdom. Right? Proverbs 8 talks about how wisdom dwells with prudence, or in other words, common sense. Wisdom dwells with common sense. Did you ever meet those people who just are really smart, but they've no common sense? It go wisdom goes hand in hand with common sense. It, they dwell together. It is foolish to think that the Holy Spirit will lead you in a way that would bring danger to you by breaking a natural law or any law, right? For example, gravity, it's a natural law. You've often heard me use this example. You go up on, into a, an, a plane and decide to jump without a parachute, you're going to hit the ground very hard. You can confess all you want on the way down. But God isn't in the habit of breaking natural laws. He gives you wisdom and he gives you common sense to be led. To be led. Well, God told me to do it. Well, you better make sure you are tuned in. You better make sure you'd want to be confident. <laughs> so I guarantee you, your faith ain't going to save you. No matter what you, it ain't going to save you. God doesn't break these laws. He gives you a choice. He gives you free will. He gives you wisdom and common sense to know what to do, right? If you're hearing a voice or you're sensing a leading that will bring danger or harm to you or to anybody else, that's not the Holy Spirit. If there is an element of danger, if there is an element of harm, that it will bring. And you know, 
I'm not talking about, you know, even, for example, you have wonderful men and women who are on the mission field who are living their lives in danger every single day. Paul, Paul lived his life in danger every single day for preaching the gospel. But Paul also know the, knew the exact time when it was to get into a basket and go down the wall. Paul also knew when it was the exact time, right time, for him to leave a town and go to somewhere else. Right? He was applying wisdom. He was applying common sense. Right? Preaching the gospel, it will eventually, you know, not so much even now where we, where we live, but in some parts of the world, yes. But, I mean, it's coming. It's going to bring danger because it's going to be pushed back against. It's got, persecution is going to come in such a strong wave. I'm not talking about those things, saying, oh, well, the Holy Spirit t- told me, you know, if it's dangerous, the Holy Spirit isn't going to tell me to do it. I'm talking about you need to use wisdom and common sense in the midst of it. If, if you're hearing something like, you know, is going to bring immediate danger to you or to somebody else, that's not the Holy Spirit, Right? We need to be ensure we're discerning the voice of our good shepherd. What does a good shepherd do? He tends for the sheep. He cares for the welfare of the sheep. He doesn't lead them to the side of the cliff. He's our good shepherd. He cares for his flock. He cares for his sheep. The Bible also talks about obeying the laws of the land. We don't just go around acting stupid and breaking laws just because we feel like, oh, God's leading me to do something different. Jesus didn't go around breaking the laws of the land. Jesus said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Jesus said, obey the laws of the land, right? You may think that God's leading you some other way, but God is full of wisdom and he gives you the wisdom through his word and by his spirit in order for you to apply it and to be led. There's many times when, I've failed, when I fail to apply wisdom to my life and it's led me to some difficult situations. Looking back, I know God was trying to lead me, but he can only do so much if we don't listen. If we, if, if we don't listen, he can only do so much. He can only take us to where we allow him to. He's not going to force you. If we don't listen, we can get into some sticky situations. And this is, I'm going to lead on to my next point, which is my final point here this morning. What does that mean? <clears throat> the Holy Spirit will also lead us by our obedience. He leads us by our obedience. Many times his leading is bit by bit. It's a process. It's progressive. Right? Just like I spoke about the light of God's word illuminating our path as we walk, As we move in obedience, the light moves, the guidance comes, right? In the same way, as we step out and obey, he guides us to the next step. If you want to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, you will need to exercise patience and trust. Stop waiting for the audible voice from heaven to give you a specific instruction. Follow his leading by the inner witness, even if that means one step at a time. Like I said a couple of weeks back, you need to be in faith to be led by the Spirit. Everything we do is by faith. Everything we do is by faith. Yes, the Holy Spirit may give us, at times, clear and direct instructions, right? But many times he won't. He'll give us a word, one word. He'll give us even a random word. Well, we think it's random. He's pulling it up. He's trying to draw it up from what he's placed in your spirit. But he gives it, and it it might make absolutely no sense to you in the moment. 
Other times he'll give you a clearer picture. He leads people differently, right? But the important thing to remember is don't put him in a box. Don't define him to, no, he leads me this way. I don't be led by that other way. No, you are foolish to put him in a box. God knows what's best. Let him lead you as he sees fit, right? He may give us a leading for the, for the first step and he's waiting on our obedience before he'll release the second step. His leading can be progressive. We're all different and all the Lord will lead us at different times. For me, he normally leads me like that. He leads me like bit by bit. I think he knows if he gave me the full picture, I'd probably panic. <laughs> Praise God, but I'm learning to trust him more and more every day. If he had to give me this picture of me standing here four or five years ago, I would have said, Lord, take this cup from me. But he started to put small things in my heart here or there. Then he started to put a heart for people in my heart. I didn't, always under, I didn't understand what it was at the time, but he was doing these things bit by bit until it was like, there you go. And he put Pastor Ryan and Pastor Kimberly in my life who were like, off you go and push me. And I needed that. I needed that. Amen. People are led in different ways, but don't put them in a box. Don't limit him in how he can lead you. And I want to leave you with this verse just to kind of explain what I'm talking about here. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, the background of this is David is about to be anointed as the king of Israel. Samuel was the prophet which God charged to go and anoint King David, right? But notice God's instructions to Samuel. Now, would you agree in saying that Samuel was, he was, he was tuned in. He was clued in. God used him mightily, right? Samuel hadn't a clue who the next king of Israel was. He was going to Bethlehem and he didn't know. He knew that it was going to be one of Jesse's sons, but that was it. Jesse had a lot of sons. Let me just read through some of these verses. 1 Samuel 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing as I have rejected him from reigning, from, from reigning here? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons, the next king of Israel. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. Everyone say, I will show you what you shall do. So he didn't have all the answers. This leading came in a progressive way. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said. There's the obedience. He did what the Lord said, therefore the Lord was able to lead him further. And he went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and he said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons. So there was Eliab came first, um, you know, and then um, Shammah, and all of these. It went through all of um, David's son, or Jesse's sons. They all came and stood before Samuel. When Samuel seen the firstborn, when he seen Eliab and he came and he stood before him, he said, surely this is the next king. 
Samuel thought, oh, he's strong in stature. He's a perfect age. He looks mighty. You know, he, he would look like a great choice to be a king. God was like, nope, it's not him. And he told him about how God looks at people. He doesn't look at the outside. He doesn't judge people on their appearance. He looks to the heart. God's after your heart. So next came Abinadab, and he made him pass before Samuel, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he, there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send, bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent, so he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. You know, God's leading with Samuel here was bit by bit. He first gave him an instruction to go to Bethlehem and that was it. The next king of Israel is one of Jesse's sons. Go to Jesse the Bethlehemite and there I will show you what you need to do. God can sometimes give you one instruction and he needs you to obey. He leads you by your obedience. Every single time one of Jesse's sons stood before Samuel, he thought God had made the right, God had made his choice. One after the other. Nope, 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 nope. Not this one, not this one, not this one, not this one. Notice how that is all Samuel knew in those moments. He needed to take the next step in order to receive more of God's guidance. You know, God knew it was going to be David. God knew it was going to be David before Samuel even left for Bethlehem. He could have told Samuel that before he left. He could have said, when you get there, ask for the young boy. There's a young boy, Samuel, out tending the sheep. That's the one. When you get there, ask Jesse for him. No. God allowed Samuel to call each and every son. Nope, not this one. Nope, not this one. Nope, not this one. God wanted Samuel to trust his leading. God wanted Samuel to hear from him. God wanted Samuel. Sometimes he leads us by the process of elimination. Did you ever experience that? You go to do something. No, that's not it. You go to do 20 other things. No, that's not it. And you get to the right thing. You're like, Lord, why didn't you just tell me? You know, he's a sense of humor at times. Don't put him in a box in how he's leading you. Listen out for his voice. He's faithful to lead you. How many times has God led you to do something or told you to do something, but instead of taking that step of obedience, you wait and wait and wait and wait. You're hoping for more instructions and then nothing comes. And you're sitting there and you're going, God, why? You've told me to do this. Why is this not happening? And he's like, have you taken the step? Take the step and I'll give you more instructions. Obey, trust. He leads us by our obedience. If we don't trust him enough to obey, he's not going to trust more revelation to us. You won't even obey, but yet you expect to receive a heavenly vision. You won't even obey in a simple instruction, but yet you expect to receive, you know, a sensational supernatural intervention. 
God isn't going to trust you with those things unless he can trust you to simply obey. He said, arise and anoint him. That was the final and direct guidance. We need to learn to not limit God in how he leads. How he leads us will be different, but it will always be in accordance with his word. Amen? Are you blessed? Thank you for sticking with me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, because our joy is on the inside of us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to partake in communion with you here today, Lord Jesus. We love you. Oh, that we get to remember your body and your blood this morning that was spilled for us. And once again, we declare that we partake it. We call it, we receive what that entails by faith into our lives. Thank you for the word that was sown, Lord, that it is sown on good ground. The seed of your word is incorruptible. It is imperishable. It doesn't fail. The word works 100% without fail. And I'm thankful for it, Lord. The word never returns void. It does what it is sent forth to do. So if there's a problem, Lord, help us. Help us sort it out because it's us. It's us. Help us yield fully to you and surrender fully to you in every area of our lives so that your power and your virtue and your grace and your goodness and your faithfulness and your mercy can abound and flourish in our lives. We thank you, Father, for Psalm 91 that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Therefore, we shall abide in, under the shadow of the Almighty. We are under the safety and the protection of your wings, Lord. We will say of the Lord, you are our fortress and you are our strength. So we will use our words to declare what you have spoken over us. We thank you, Lord, that no wickedness, no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself, no plague, no sickness, no disease shall come near our dwelling place and prosper against us because you've given us the victory. You give your angels charge over us, Lord, that we won't even dash our foot against a stone. You're with us everywhere we go. Your hand is with us. You're, you're with our children. You're with our children's children. You're with our, us at home. You're with us in the workplaces. You're with us when we're traveling. No matter where we are, your hand of protection is upon us, and we claim it and declare it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this week ahead. It's another, oh, Lord, we're coming to the end of 2023 almost. We're heading into the final part of the year. Lord, time is fleeting. Help us have an urgency to press towards the finish line. It's another, tomorrow is another day closer to when we will see you face to face. Help us be mindful of it. Help us be worthy of it. Help us be faithful in it. Help us have give us opportunities to walk in boldness and power, to lay hands on the sick this week, to tell people the gospel, to walk in love, to be ambassadors for Christ in everything that we do. Help us walk in love towards one another. Your word says that's how we will be known, is how we love one another. Help us walk in love towards you, God, because we only know love because you first loved us. Help us walk in faith towards you and your word in everything that we do. And we declare, Lord, that here at Island Church, Dundalk, we are covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.